Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm your host, Father John. I'm the executive director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming the church. And this week, um, our good brother, Nick, our regular co-host, he's out on assignment out in Denver. So, brother, we miss you. Mary, just a few things going on this week in the country, right? And in the you, church. You think? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. a little bit, huh? Yeah, we got, we, th- this is kind of like the week. Um, things are, are culminating in our nation as we um, either have already elected and, wait, and uh, look forward to the, uh, the results of those polls or we're going to the polls ourselves on Tuesday. So given that, what's our topic today? So our topic for today, get a load of this, my friends, no matter what, stay sane. I'm just going to keep repeating that. Stay sane. <laughs> stay sane. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you myself, Nick, uh, Deacon Steve, Chris, I think we felt all along that one of the things the Lord wants to do in and through us, right, we've heard this from a number of people, is to be a means to give folks encouragement and hope. And uh, that's not to be naive. That's not to be, um, you know, wishful thinking. But we really do want this to be a source of encouragement and hope for people, especially in these uh, tumultuous days that we find ourselves living in, especially in the country right now. Right, right. Amen, amen. And Father, to that end, um, as we do with all things, especially this week, um, would you um, would you open us with prayer? Yeah, sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious Father, we do entrust into your hands uh, our words right now. We pray that your anointing would be upon uh, Mary and myself, that we might say, those things and only those things that you would direct us to say, we pray that they would be balm and encouragement and hope for our brothers and sisters who hear. Lord, we entrust into your hands in a particular way our country this week. Lord, we ask for your mercy upon our land. We entrust into your hands all those men and women who are going to be elected to public office, whether returning to public office or entering into public office at whatever level in our country. Lord, we're instructed by your word through St. Paul to pray for those in authority. And so we commend them all into your hands right now. Lord, we ask that the power of your spirit would descend upon our land, that where there is unrest and violence and strife and division, your spirit would do what only he can do and bring peace and mercy and reconciliation. Lord, we trust you. We place all of our hope in you. And we ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Mary, you and I both happened to be out on retreat last week. It was a grace. I know you were, um, I think, doing a retreat closer to home, weren't you? Yeah, I was. It was just a, a truly grace time. I, uh, I think I've shared it with you, Father, as well. I think it was probably one of the most anointed retreat experiences I've had um, yeah, in praise God. many years. And, and I, it sounds like you had a great time away with your brothers as well. I was able to be away myself. Uh, so I took off uh, with a couple of good brothers. We were at uh, one of their homes uh, up north in Michigan, which is a beautiful place to be this time of year. The colors are uh, spectacular. And we just kind of turned one of their homes into a, a chapel and wasted time with with the Lord and uh, with one another as well. And, and I think when you and I were debriefing our experiences on retreat, we both found that we had a, really a similar kind mm. of experience as we were praying with uh, would have been the first reading from last Thursday, Thursday. which was 
uh, Ephesians chapter 6. In fact, it was so powerful when you and I were debriefing it that we thought it was really the, the main point of what we wanted to share today, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so um, at least in the context of my own retreat, you know, I began the day with Mass and then my own Holy Hour uh, before I would go into the content of what I was praying with um, for the balance of what I was trying to hear from the Lord with. And um, I was very taken by St. Paul's words, right? In that first reading on Thursday, it was, uh, it's this passage on um, the whole armor of God. It's Ephesians uh, 6, verses 10 through 20. Why don't so you go he, ahead and read that so we can all have that in our minds, would you? Yeah, I would love to. So St. Paul says this. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, taking the shield of faith, with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought speak." This is a great awesome. passage. You just yeah. filled with so much to unpack, right, Father? Indeed. So, sh- share with people what it is that the why why is it that we think this is such a timely word for us this week of all weeks, and and maybe with the backdrop the backdrop of all that's happening in our country, in the church, in our own lives right now, with all that's going on with the unrest, the pandemic, yeah. confusion in the church, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. So, uh, at least for me. Um, his words just reminded me in my prayer that we are in a spiritual battle and we use a lot of battle imagery, don't we, Father, um, in our work. And this is a battle of cosmic proportion. These are cosmic powers that we're, that we're fighting. And we know who it is who's behind us thwarting all of our efforts and our desires and our goals. But as I was listening to St. Paul um, on Thursday, I just felt like it was like this rallying cry of like a battle, um, a battle, an, an army general saying, Mary, get ready for the battle. And I think I shared with you that um, I imagined myself, I could actually see myself in an arena, mm. you know, may, may, maybe something like um, from like Roman times. And, and I can see the Lord in front of me, equipping me with all of these things, you know, you know, you know, the figurative belt, the shield, the breastplate, the shoes and the helmet, all of these defensive pieces of armor. And it was as if though, in my prayer, I could just, you know, the Lord saying, how does this feel? Like, are you ready? And um, 
that just that just really uh, settled in on me, and it helped me realize too, as Paul's talking about the spiritual battle that we're in, that it's oftentimes that uh, the truth is we don't often see uh, the spiritual battle that we're gay engaged in with spiritual eyes, because oftentimes we battle those around us, and we think they're the enemy. But the truth is, the enemy is behind so much of this. And yeah. so I just feel like the Lord was inviting me to get fortified, to get comfortable with this, um, this armor. And, um, and then I think just in the close of my prayer, I just became uh, critically aware that all of those things that we mentioned, that we hear Paul mentioning in that passage, that's defensive armor. But there's one piece that's an offensive piece, right? And, and, and that's the word of God, you know, the, the sword of the spirit. And then Paul talks about in verse 17 that we are supposed to pray in all occasions, a pray in the spirit on all occasions. And in my mind, you know, the word of God coupled with the power of prayer, those are two offensive weapons that I think the Lord is inviting us to grab a hold of because together those can just be explosive in this battle. Mm. Uh, this battle in which we're trying to stay sane. Mm. Yeah, what a rich, uh, what a rich reflection. And, and we, you and I were struck, I think, by the fact that the Lord was saying something similar uh, to you and to me, man and a woman, both on this imagery of battle and whatnot. I think one of the things that struck me immediately at the beginning, you know, you and I say this, our team says this a lot, uh, people that we, we, uh, we hear from and talk to around the country, there's often like a lament that, things are just not the way they should be here. And so like we long for everything to be peaceful mm. and rightly so. Um, but that's never going to happen here. This is uh, not unfortunately, heaven. you know, this, this is not heaven. And so because it's not um, this passage for me in a particular way, just reminded me of the reality that, that this life here is going to be a struggle and it's okay. Mm. And so there were various things that jumped out at me in the passage, you know, one was, uh, you know, just draw your strength from God's mighty power. So it's like this exhortation just to tap into his strength. Why? Because the battle is beyond me. It's something I can't possibly win because the battle, as you rightly said, um, is not with another person. It's not with a particular political party. It's not with an individual. It's with the principalities and the powers that are behind them. Uh, that our Lord became man and bound and defeated by his death and his resurrection. And then I was struck by, you know, the exhortation to put on the armor of God. And I was reflecting on that and thinking, what in the world does that mean, Lord? What's your quote unquote armor? And I was led to just, okay, so it would seem like the, the Lord's armor is his charity, his faithfulness, his kindness, his truth, uh, and and so much more. Every time we use the battle imagery, people can easily mis misunderstand us to think that we're encouraging something like what the world's doing, and we're not in the least, right? We want people to uh, take on the, the weapons of God's grace and peace and mercy and truth, right? Right. And then the, the, the line um, to be on guard against the tactics or the wiles or the schemes of the devil. And, and in my mind, I just kind of saw, I think in movie images, as you know, all the time. And so I was thinking both of Shakespeare's Henry V. I was thinking of Gladiator. And 
I just could see in my mind like an enemy camp that's just plotting to invade and to take ground and to enslave and to annihilate. Like that's what enemies do at war. And that's unfortunately, um, I wish this wasn't true, but that's unfortunately what the enemy is doing uh, in our world. He's trying to invade and to take ground and to enslave. That's the devil's game, right? And right. In the midst of all that, the Lord says, hold your ground. That's what he says through St. Paul. In other words, don't capitulate. The enemy is trying to take territory, starting in my mind, in the way I think. So don't let him advance. Be on guard against that. And then hold faith as a shield um, so, so as to guard uh, your mind uh, against all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I saw that scene again at the beginning of Gladiator, which is a immensely violent movie. So I want to look like I'm uh, encouraging Gladiator, but I actually find Maximus in that movie um, mm. to be an image in some scenes anyway, certainly not in all, uh, of Jesus. He's a rousing general who's commanding his soldiers uh, into battle. And I could see there's a scene early on in the movie where they're engaged in a, in a war with the barbarians and the, the Romans lift these giant shields. They were like four feet by two feet and they would cover their heads and their whole bodies as these arrows that were flaming would literally come into them. It was just this powerful image to remind, remind myself, like, I wish this wasn't the case, but the enemy is launching ongoing, res relentless assaults against me. Um, again, usually starting in my mind. And then, you know, the last thing that, uh, that struck me was um, that movie again, uh, Gladiator, begins with this... Um, violent scene where they're about to go to they're they're not quite in battle yet they're about to go into battle they're awaiting word from this rival army to see whether or not they're going to uh, agree to the romans terms for peace which probably weren't all that great of terms but and in into the scene rides this um um he was an emissary sent by the Romans to see whether or not the the other army would agree to peace and you see maximus say to his right-hand man as this man who's unfortunately been decapitated is returning, mm. they say no. And I felt like the Lord brought that image to mind as I was praying with this passage, as if he was saying to me, John, your desires for the enemy to stop assaulting you and the world and the church are never going to happen in this life. It's, it's going to be a struggle it's going to be all the days of your life. So buckle up, son, mm. but don't lose heart. Don't lose heart at all. Expect attacks, but remember, um, I have defeated him and I have chosen you to be alive at this moment. This is not peacetime. Peacetime will mm. come. That's mm. when I will return and put everything in order, but this isn't peacetime yet. In the meantime, Live with strength and honor. That's another line from Maximus, you know, mm. live with integrity um, and hold the line. That's another line from Maximus. In other words, stand firm uh, and don't let the enemy take territory, starting with, with your, your mind, mind with your right? Mind. Which really goes, so that goes back to the theme and the title of this uh, podcast. So people might be wondering where in the world does stay sane come from? So I entered into um, retreat really planning on spending at least a couple of days focusing in on the question, what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your mind? Because remember, we had that gospel 
the Sunday before we uh, went on retreat. Right. Jesus is asked the question, what's the great commandment? And he love answers, the, what's he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. Yeah, all your heart, all your I soul, and all your mind. mind. And, and I was really struck by that. I, I just kept found myself asking the question, Lord, what's it mean to love you with my mind? You know, most of us, I think it's safe to say our minds have been deformed and conformed to the world more than they have been to the word of God, right? Because mm -hmm. we spend so much time reading blogs, reading news. What's the latest poll? What's the story? You know, versus how much time we spend in scripture. Yeah, what are you feeding your mind on? Right. Yeah, I mean, it can't even be close for most of us. You know, it's got to be like 20 to 1. You know, the amount of time. And scripture tells us, too, to, to take all of our thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ. Uh, that's difficult to do when we're on a steady diet, right? Of, yeah, of, of indeed. Reading what we read and listening to what we listen to. Absolutely. So anyway, I, I did a word study one day, the first day in retreat, pulling out all these passages in the New Testament where uh, the various writers, Paul, Peter, uh, James, Jude, are talking about the mind and the importance of having a renewed mind or a transformed mm -hmm. mind. And the passage that just jumped out at me is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, where Peter says, the end of all things is at hand, which is true. It is. I mean, the Lord is risen and we're living in the last days. Therefore, he says, keep sane mm. and sober for your prayers. One translation has be sober minded. That's why it showed up in a word study. But I just love that translation. So just keep sane. It's like I could see Peter saying that to me over and over again. John, it, it's going to get crazy. Just keep sane, right? And yeah. Peter's writing this to a Christian community living in the midst of a a city and an empire which is about to, if it hasn't already, made Christianity an illegal superstition, which is what Christianity was for 250 years, from roughly 64 to roughly 312. This is his exhortation to them. Mm. Guys, keep saying, it's going to get hard. But remember this, Jesus is Lord. And we have met him, and we know him, and he has risen from the dead, and he holds all authority in his hands, and all the rulers of the world, even if they don't know it, they're in his hands, and he works in and through them, even when they don't know it. And so no matter what happens, he says to them, and the Lord says to us through his word, today, and especially this week, in the weeks to come, the months to come, in our country, in our parishes, in our communities, in our families, just keep saying mm -hmm. so that you can keep praying and invoking our Heavenly Father's blessing and protection upon us and calling on the power of the Spirit to equip us for these days that we're living mm -hmm. in, which though we want them to be peace time days, mm -hmm. Or not. Does that make sense to you? Oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, as I'm uh, just thinking through um, just, just my own prayer experience from that Thursday, I just feel like the Lord asked me, how does my armor feel? And I said, Lord, I feel like Joan of Arc. <laughs> and mm -hmm. as you know, we talk about Joan of Arc all the time. We just love her heroism and her courage and 
and her words we talk about all the time, right? Um, do not be afraid. God is with us. We were born for this. Um, and as I'm uh, just looking forward, uh, you know, to November 3rd, here's the truth. November 4th will come. The fourth follows the third. And what doesn't change is that Jesus is still Lord and he's seated on his throne. We may have a new president. We may not have a new president. We may see more civil unrest. Things may quiet down. We don't know. But what we do know, what we can trust in is the faithfulness and the constancy of the word of God. And he tells us that Jesus reigns, that Jesus has won the final victory and that his throne is not going to be vacated. Right, Father? That's right. And we also know that this Jesus who is Lord, who has triumphantly risen from the dead, together with the Father and the Spirit, have chosen you and me to be alive in these tumultuous days, which means he has a mission for us. And if he has a mission for us, it means he has equipped us. And because he's Lord and because he isn't anxious and because the election doesn't change the mission of the disciple and because you and I are not alive right now by chance and because our lives are in his hands and because our country's in his hands, do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. Keep sane. And let's entrust our country and our churches and our homes and our own lives with utmost confidence to our Heavenly Father. Amen.